Merry Christmas, everybody. Sure good to see you all here uh, today. And uh, let me share with you a few, uh, a few things about this time of year. Uh, I want to talk to you about the birth of the Lord Jesus, of, of course. But I think it's important and, and beneficial uh, always for us to be reminded uh, of why we do what we do. And you can't really know why unless you know what it is that we're really celebrating. And, uh, you know, kind of like I, I know with many, this is water. For others, this may be seed. It takes a seed planted and then it takes water to grow, whether you've heard it before or heard it uh, and need to hear it again or never heard it before. Uh, these are the truths that surround this time of year. I think it's important to ask what Christmas is all about. Um, you know, we think about sometimes the gifts that we give, the, the families that we get together with. Um, some of you are thinking about food, <laughs> and, and, and I am too, and, and the decorations, all those types of things that we enjoy so much. Um, is that really what it's about? Well, I think those are, those are valid aspects. Those are valid and important components to the season that we celebrate, but it all comes down to uh, the birth of Jesus is the most important thing we could ever think about or talk about, and it's important that we keep that center on our minds here today. I want to read to you a, a well-known verse of Scripture from Isaiah chapter 9, and, and the sixth verse, it reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and so Christmas is about birth. I want you to consider the word birth and it's how that word can be used in multiple contexts, even outside of just a child coming out of the mother's womb. People use it in the sense of a, like the birth of a nation or the, the, uh, the birth of a movement or the birth of an age. It can be used in various contexts. And I know this, when it comes to Christmas, it is both literal and figurative, if you will. It carries the direct meaning, and it also carries some subtle meanings, meaning it is the birth of some other elements that we should always be mindful of. And so I want to share with you, this is somewhat brief here today, and I know there are uh, kids in the house that tend to make noises when they're not supposed to. And, uh, and so don't worry about it. Deal with it the best you can. And uh, I'm fine with it. And I just want everyone to have a good time here and enjoy the presence of the Lord and, and hear the word of God. Amen. And so uh, I want to share with you four things that, that happened at Christmas. Number one is the most obvious, and that is it is the birth of Jesus. Okay, but when we talk about the birth of Jesus, it's different than the birth of other things because other things we have a beginning to and they, they began at birth. With Jesus, he didn't begin at birth. He just began his physical life on earth. He just began as a man uh, at the day that we celebrate and call Christmas because before that, Jesus was called the Word. Did you know that? Uh, we think of God as being the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And that's true and that's correct. But before Bethlehem, we don't have any indication that it was Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. 
Where I get that is from, is from the book of John. See, in, in Luke, Luke wrote about the physical birth and the shepherds and the angels and the flocks and the wise men and, and all that good stuff. And it, 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 it emphasized that physical birth. John gives us a little further insight and told us what was really happening on that day. Here's the way he wrote it in John 1, beginning in verse 1. It reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14 then reads, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, there's a bunch there. We won't break that apart too far. But how many know the shepherds, the wise men? They knew something special was going on. They didn't know all this. They didn't have this understanding and revelation that the Word of God was being made flesh, that Jesus pre-incarnate was called the very Word of God. This is a special moment. Uh, but I want you to think about, uh, about this in, in light of sacrifice for a minute. Typically, when we talk about the sacrifice of Jesus, we go to the most important part, and that is Jesus on the cross, dying for our sins, giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. But how many know just coming into the earth was quite a bit of a sacrifice as well? I mean, when you consider it, think about that. Really, he said the word was God, and basically God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's given up a few things. Now, I, don't, I can't experience firsthand the God side, but I know the flesh side. And I've, I'm pretty convinced the God side's better. <laughs> you? I mean, yeah, if I think about it, if I had the ability to go back and become a two-year-old again, I'm passing on that. I kind of like the freedoms that come with adulthood. <laughs> you know? But think about if you're God. You know everything, you can do everything, you are everywhere at once. And we can't even wrap our minds around the magnitude of the, of the magnificence of God. And he gave that up and said, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to be a baby. I'm going to come in as a human being into a messed up world. That, that's some serious sacrifice there. So it's not just the cross. It's Christmas too. Amen. Amen. I know sometimes people think, yeah, I gave something up one time. I, I mean, we were all eating and I gave up my dessert for someone else to have. So I can understand this sacrifice business. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't know sacrifice like Jesus no sacrifice. <laughs> Amen. And so, so Christmas is, this is what we're celebrating. It's the reason we do what we do. The birth, the physical birth of Jesus that was needed before he could ever die on a cross. He first had to be born as a human being. Secondly, I know that the day we celebrate Christmas is the birth of the Savior. It is the birth of the Savior, okay? Mankind was lost without the ability of self-salvation. No one could pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and save themselves. Uh, the idea that a human being could be good enough on their own to kind of outweigh the bad 
and earn or deserve eternal life is what spawns world religions. And people try to be good enough. They try to attain. They try to follow the rule or follow whatever. Someone says, this is, this is the, these are the things that you have to do to get saved. But we recognize the very fact that the Lord, that God himself sent a savior means that there were people that needed saved. If I didn't need saved, God wouldn't have sent a savior. He would have sent a, I don't know, a self-help book. Say so you're lost, you're messed up, but if you'll put these principles into practice, maybe, possibly, you'll go to heaven one day. But I was lost, and I needed outside help to come and rescue me from my sinful condition. And think about it this way. If you are good enough, Jesus is unnecessary. All this we're doing this is just another holiday. We'll call it, you know, President's Day, Christmas, Fourth of July. You know, they're all, they're all really of similar significance unless people are really lost. In other words, God can't just save anyone, heal, heal anyone, deliver anyone just because he wants to. They literally had to have a savior. Someone had to pay the price. Amen. If you came to me today and said, hey, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm sending a plumber over to your house today. And I would, a plumber? Why are you sending a, so I'm thinking through, do we have a broken pipe? Does the toilet work? Water, does it work? We have any leaks, any drips? Thinking, I don't need a plumber. Why would you send me a plumber? Huh? I, I don't need a plumber. Why, I, I'm thinking, I don't need that. How many know if the Lord sends you a plumber, you need some plumbing in your house. He's not wasting time sending you things you don't need, right? And if he sends me a savior, I need saved. I need salvation. And I'm not going to get it any other way. Let me read these two verses to you. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he do that? Because we needed it. Hebrews 7.25 reads, Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Say it out loud with me. He saves, he saves. to the uttermost. Yes. Oh, yeah. I like this from the Amplified. Therefore, he is able also to save to the uttermost completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him. Don't you like that? I tell you, when he saves, he means business. And he does what is needed. Sometimes it's said like this, he saves us from the guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. We needed a Savior. He sent a Savior. And I tell you, if you're down, He wants to lift you up. If you're broken, He wants to make you whole. If you're sick, He wants to make you well. Amen. If you're lost and confused, He wants to bring a clarity and a light into your life that will set you on a right path because that's why He came. Amen. We needed saved, and He is the Savior. Ready for number three? Say, we're going pretty fast. I know it. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> the fastest I'm ever going to preach. 
<laughs> Number three is, it was not only the birth of Jesus, not only the birth of the Savior, it is the, Christmas is the birth of hope. The birth of hope. You know how many people are hopeless in our world today? Maybe you're in this service now or watching online and you feel hopeless. You feel like, I don't know how I'm going to ever get out of my situation or how, how things are ever really going to improve. That's why Jesus came. It's sad to me that for some, this time of year is the most sad. They have the most sorrow for various reasons. Jesus came to give us hope. He's the one who changes that. Think about it. If you have failed a thousand times, if you have suffered, you know, unimaginable problems in your life that really hurt, that really hit you to the core, or even if you've been very successful, you've had much success in life, here's the end of this. Everything's going to be all right. If you are in Christ... Everything is going to turn around. Everything is going to be better than you could possibly imagine. When you have hope, you have an expectation of a better future. When someone gets down and lost and, 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 and stuck in darkness, it's because they can't see a way out. They don't see that it's going to be better tomorrow. Jesus came to give you and I hope, a confident and favorable expectation of a brighter future. Praise God. Listen to these verses. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And verse 24 reads, for we were saved in this hope. What's that hope? It's getting better. Now, I have high hopes for this life, expectations for good things. But again, even if... I failed, even if I missed it, even if I missed God's best for my life here and now. In a minute, we're out of here. In a minute, we're in glory land. In a minute, we're going to be full of joy forever and no more tears and no more sorrow and no more pain ever again. Jesus came to give us hope. And number four, number four, Jesus came, or I didn't, let me say it right. Have I been saying all these wrong? The birth of Jesus, the birth of the Savior. See, I wrote it in a better way. Okay. The birth of hope. And then number four, the birth of new. The birth of new. Did you know God likes new things? You like new things. I like new things. God likes new things. And something happened after he created new in the beginning, and that is sin messed everything up. And now everything gets old. And everything gets worn out and beat up. You ever had some, you ever had a favorite sweater or <laughs> favorite shirt or blouse? I hate that word blouse. <laughs> I'm not even fond of the word Noel because there is an L. Slowly let it ripple, 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 ripple. <laughs> uh, but if you had a favorite piece of clothing and you, it fit right, you liked the way it looked, and but what happened to it? It got old. You washed it so many times, it got dingy, got worn out, and you just loved it. You couldn't find another one just like it. It was just amazing, but 
old and worn out. You know, that's not really a part of God's original plan that everything would wear out and get old. He likes new things. And we often get new clothes at Christmas and give new clothes to other people. New is nice. How many like that new car smell? Now, come on now. Some of you are honest. Yeah, I like the new car smell. Mm, God doesn't like stinky either. He doesn't like stinky. Heaven is not a stinky place. Hell stinks to high hell. Uh, hell's a stinky place. Heaven is full of glorious fragrance. New car smell. And it doesn't work if you just hang one of those things in the... On, on the mirror. It says new car smell on it. Mm, that doesn't quite do the job. Sometimes you have a nice new car, but what happens is as soon as you start driving it, it starts getting old. God likes new things. Why am I saying this? This is why Jesus came. To take what we could never repair, we could never refresh, never restore, and never make new. And he said, I'm going to make you new, and I'm going to make all things new. I read in the New Testament, that he, that God believes in a new covenant. Hebrews 8. I see that Jesus told us in John 13 about a new commandment. I, I can see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Remember this one? If you're saved, you know it. It says, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. <laughs> I was lost in sin, but I came to him and he made me brand spanking new on the inside. And that part of me never gets old for the inward man is renewed day by day. So God likes to make things new. The psalmist said you should sing a new song to him, a new song to the Lord. And we know in the end, and just, I think it's real close. It's right around the corner. God's about to make everything new again. It says he will make a new heaven, new heavens and a new earth. And all the old is going to go away. And in eternity, things aren't going to get old. Why did Jesus come? What's the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem for? It's so that God could make you new from the inside out. And one day give you a new body. And one day give you a new home. God wanted to fix everything that was messed up, that was broken, that was worn out. So that's it. That's what we're celebrating. Say, what are we celebrating uh, on Christmas? We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. But the birth of Jesus was the birth of a whole bunch of good stuff. It was the birth of an amazing life and an amazing future. And for that, we can only be thankful. Thinking about those angels, thinking about those shepherds on, the, on, that, on that night... Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 reads, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. What are they doing? They're shouting. I don't even think they fully knew what was going on. They're saying, glory to God, this is good. Glory to God, there's Jesus. Glory to God, there's the Savior. Amen. And if they can shout, come on, how much more should I be able to shout? Because I know why he came. I know he came so he could die for me and set me free. Yeah. Praise God. But Jesus came. The angels announced him. Jesus didn't come to wish peace and bad will toward men. He, he wasn't announcing. The angels weren't saying, come on, let's clean this mess up. Get these dirty people out of here. 
No, it was God's mercy being poured out. It was God's love and God's favor. God didn't want people to get what they deserved. He wanted them to get what they didn't deserve. And that is his blessings, his salvation, and eternal life. Amen, amen. I know people sing this time of year about Santa. You know, he knows if you've been naughty or nice. (laughs) Honestly, the Lord doesn't really care about that. He wants to be merciful to the naughty and the nice. He wants to show his kindness to those who have lived well, those who have totally ruined their life, anyone, everyone in between. He wants to show goodwill towards all. That's what the birth of Jesus is about. Amen. Amen. Pray with me today. Father, thank you for working in our hearts, working in our lives. Thank you for showing yourself strong in the lives of people here today. We're here because of what you've done, not just religion or tradition or just, we're here because you have chosen to love the unlovable, to be good towards those who didn't even seek you. And Father, we thank you for working in every life today, every heart. Thank you for the joy of the Lord is our strength today. We celebrate Jesus. We remember all that he came to do. We acknowledge it. And with the angels, we say glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Thanks for watching the Life Church YouTube channel. You can join us live right here on YouTube every Sunday morning at 9.30. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any Life Church videos. For more information about Life Church, check out lcboise.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.